This is the Cindy Gross Show. Talk Radio's premier Jewish woman activist. Now, here's your host, Cindy Gross. With insights and analysis of today's rapidly shifting world, welcome to the Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross. Featuring exclusive interviews with today's top newsmakers and trendsetters. And now, your Jewish patriot, Cindy Gross. Hello, and welcome to this very important episode of the Jewess Patriot. I am your host, Cindy Gross. I am today's premier uh, Jewish women activist. And today's topic is anti-Semitism. Even in this holiday season where everybody is joyous and full of giving and happy and family-oriented, we must talk about the alarming rise of anti-Semitism. My Jewish name is Zisel Pearl, Sweet Pearl, and I am going to share with you my opening pearls of wisdom. My biggest opening pearls of wisdom is consistent in what I write and what I do. And whether or not I'm talking to a congressional representative or a talk show host or a documentary producer or a leader of a Jewish organization or a rabbi. Anti-Semitism is Jewish hate. But somebody who has hate for Jews has Hate for everyone else. Why is this show so successful? Because I believe that you don't have to be Jewish with Cindy to appreciate what we discuss and what we share. I don't blame all Blacks for all the rise of Black-on-Jew hate crimes because there were so many Blacks I am so close with. So I am not a racist for saying that. But the misrepresentation by so many Democrats make so many Blacks anti-Semitic. What Asians are going through right now is the same thing that Jews are going through because they are being discriminated against in schools and with the rise in hate crimes because they are successful and they share very similar values of family, education, and self-sufficiency. Asians also have a very unique uh, way of respecting elders that really everybody else can learn from. And you know from some of the people I work with on a regular basis that come on the show, whether they're Hispanic, they're gay, they're young, they're old, they have blonde hair, or they are brunettes, old or young, disabled, doesn't matter. We are all people that have to work and live together. So our discussion today, even in this time of gift giving and partying and never counting a calorie, because let's face it, the month of December is calorie free. 
Cookies are delicious. Roasts are even better tasting. Comfort foods are elevated to a new level. And of course, cocktails, whether they are mocktails or cocktails, are even better. And we're sharing everything with you this month, but we're also going to talk about how we can alleviate the hatred that is going on every single day around the world. So stay tuned. We have three incredible guests. We have exclusives from a documentary that will fascinate you on how the media and certain governments deliberately tamper with fact to misrepresent evidence and witness testimony to tell a story that is not true. So join us on this very important episode. And this is the holiday week. So whether or not you're sharing Christmas or Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whether you're an atheist and you don't believe in religion, we welcome you to join us and to join together because we are all patriots. We are all human beings on this earth and we better get along and we better learn how to do it very quickly. To the Jewess Patriot. I'm very excited because our next guest is calling us from Israel. And unfortunately, this is not a pleasant conversation in the sense that uh, we are going to be talking about alarming anti Semitism around the world. And Pierre Renov is a award winning author and filmmaker, and his latest documentary called Lies and Tears uh, really is proof that uh, fake news and lies and biases among a government agenda behind it can lead to anti-Semitism and worldwide hate. So thank you so much for joining the show. Uh, I did watch the documentary. It is fascinating. And you point out very important key things about what every educated person should look for and that is testimony from witnesses actual documentation where you get your facts from and is there an agenda to the information you receive from where it's coming from to change your mind and set a tone so let's talk a little bit about the documentary my pleasure i mean uh first of all you certainly know it's not my first documentary, and I've been spending about 25 years just trying to debunk all of the uh, propaganda, which is uh, promoted by the Palestinians in general, by the uh, international media, most of the time connected to the Palestinian uh, authority, or even sometimes connected to uh, Hamas and other terror organizations, and that's a problem. 
the reason why I made this documentary is because my guts were telling me that Shirina Boakley, the journalist who died in May during an exchange of fires between uh, the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force, and uh, terrorists in Jenin, uh, was not killed by the IDF, was not killed by Israelis, even though all media and the United Nations and obviously the Palestinian Authority decided even before knowing, even before having any clue that it was Israel's fault and that an Israeli soldier killed her. And the funny thing, it's, it's right that to talk about it is that we are always using witnesses uh, who are not with witnesses. For instance, the two people who have been uh, used b b within this propaganda uh, are two so-called journalists who actually are not journalists, but they are propagandists working for the Palestinian Authority. And they are appearing as witnesses when they are, okay, yeah, one of them was wounded and uh, the other one was really scared during the events. But the fact that those specific people are telling you or telling anyone in the world that uh, the IDF did it, especially did it in purpose, in reality doesn't mean anything. It, imagine that you're dealing with the USSR in the 70s and you had the Pravda, you know, uh, the communists, I mean, the Soviets and their agency. Is anybody working as a journalist for La Pravda could be considered as a honest journalist that you can trust and as an honest witness if he's going to say anything bad against the Western world. They were all, always lying. And the problem we have here is that the only way Palestinians are pushing their agenda and the only way the rest of the world is pushing their anti-Semitic agenda is by lying, lying, and lying again about everything all the time. And that's why it escalates into something like a Kanye West, which is Honestly, I don't want to give him any more attention than he uh, deserves because he's just getting too much attention. But I have to tell you, two people that two elected officials that uh, our audience loves are uh, actually justified in their criticism of the Biden administration's handling of the investigations in the DOJ. And that is uh, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo who is strongly being considered as a candidate for president. And uh, my favorite, who I call the best Jew in Washington, D.C., Senator Ted Cruz. I am a cruiser all the way. I was since 2015. And they are actually being called, you know, they are actually asking for questions about why this was even allowed. Because as long as we have fake news spreading this, today it's anti-Semitism and hate for the Jews, but tomorrow it's going to be somebody else. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I 100% on your side when you say good things about uh, Mike Pompeo and Ted Cruz, because those are amazing politicians, amazing personalities. Those people have guts. They know what they talk about. They're, they're talking about it. They are not rhinos. We are not Democrats. We are real people, real conservatives. And, you know, today, if you're a conservative, you're called a fascist or a Nazi or whatever they are inventing. And it's the same story as saying bad things about the Jews. You know, you, right. you just have your opinion. You just care for your family, a certain way of life. And because of that, you're treated like 
you know, the worst of the worst by the, 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 the walk movement, by the cancel culture movement, by the BLM, LGBT, I mean, you name it. And again, I have nothing against those people at this indivi at their individual level, but enough with the lies, enough with the propaganda, and enough with bashing Israel and bashing people who just have, want to have a normal life. I couldn't say it better myself, considering I was very active and I am close friends with the first Republican gay congressman who happens to have Jewish blood through his uh, ancestry. So, I mean, when they say these things, they don't make sense. We want facts and we want history taught accurately. Tell us a little bit about your background, because you do come from France and we, there's an expression right now, unfortunately, it's a very bad one, going around the states, especially New York, is that it's probably safer to walk the streets of Paris as a Jew today than walking the streets of Manhattan. Well, I'm not sure about it, but the uh, only thing I know is that I saw the world going down the road in a very bad direction for many, many years. You know, I was born in Algeria, if you want a little bit of my background. I was born in Algeria when Algeria was still part of France. And because of the decolonization process, uh, my family was expelled. But the little story about my family is that they have been living in Algeria for maybe 500, 600, 700 years. We don't even know. They have been there in Algeria forever and they were kicked out. But the, the, the real story behind this is that before the French invaded Algeria in the 19th century, all the Jews and Christians who are living in this part of the world were treated as second-rate citizens and they could be killed as well by Muslims. And the same situation was the situation of the Dimmi, uh, because this is a, uh, the Muslims call the non-Muslim Dimmi when they are under their protection. In other words, when they have some rights to survive as long as they pay special tax. And this is what happened to about a million Jews in between 1948 and 1974. They were just expelled from all of the Muslim world because of the birth of the, of the state of Israel. So you had one million Jewish refugees that nobody cared for, that nobody talked about, no United Nations special organization to take care of them. About 600,000 of them left and fled to Israel, to what is Israel today, and they rebuilt their life there. My own family, we fled to France, and we rebuilt our life there, and nobody would even think of going back to Algeria and, and blowing yourself up just out of revenge because we were expelled 60 years ago. So the, the, the balance between the two situations is totally dramatic in a way which is unacceptable by any educated human being. And this is the reason why I myself decided at a certain point to fight for the truth, to fight for the facts, because without the truth and without the facts, everything is possible. The communists invented facts in order to maintain their oppressive regime, and they are still doing it today. Iranians in, invent every day a new story about how amazing their life is and the the life in Iran is for their people, and people don't take it anymore. They don't buy it anymore. China does the same. Each time you have a dictatorship, they are doing nothing better than what the KGB was doing and what Hitler and Goebbels were doing. Invent facts, promote lies, and promote them until people believe in it. Unfortunately for us Jews is that 
we are back in the 30s, including in America, including in Europe. There is only one place, one little place where you can say you're eventually a little bit safe as a Jew. It's Israel. And you better not go in certain places like East Jerusalem those days because the police cannot even do whatever they want and whatever we need to do without being blamed by the entire planet. I mean, there is a simple thing. You're a terrorist. You deserve to die. You try to kill a Jew. The Jew has to kill you. That's simple. You are a good person. You don't do anything bad. You are you are entitled to having a good life and entitled to, uh, to 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 survive and 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 thrive and have an amazing life. I mean, I have nothing again at the personal level against anybody in this planet, whether Palestinians, Arabs living anywhere in the world, including Algerians. But when politics are getting involved, at the end of the day. They are always going to target either the majority of people in order to promote the agenda of, let's say, uh, black supremacists or LGBT people. So if you are not like them, you are not worth living in this planet. That's more or less what they think. On the other hand, if you belong to a minority, such as a Jewish minority, you be, you be end up in the same situation. You don't have any rights because the majority is becoming against you. And why are they against you? Because of the lies. And the lies are the first thing you have to target to stop the situation. Okay, let me ask you something, getting back to the uh, movie itself, the documentary. What kind of response have you received from outside the Jewish world? I mean... uh... First of all, I mean, first of all, it's been out for a very short period of time. So I didn't have yet, uh, I didn't have had yet the chance of being insulted and threatened as usual. So I'm looking forward to that. The first, uh, the first time I will receive a, a letter with my uh, head cut off in or a, some powder in an envelope, I will, I will know that, yeah, I did my job properly because this is what they do. They threaten you if they don't like what you say. It happened to me a lot in France, actually. And but this is why, one of the reasons why I moved out of France in 2008. First, I moved to New York and I spent a few years in New York and now I live in Israel. But yeah, the media in general uh, try to def- defame you when you do say something that they don't like. And the little guys of the street, they try to threaten you and they just try to, you know, uh, I mean, I've been for that for 25 years, so they cannot threaten me anymore or, or scare me. I'm used to it. Actually, uh, in France, I was carrying a gun, even though it's illegal. But my, my point of view about that is I better end up in jail than in the grave, right? So if people, if somebody is going to try to kill me just because of my work as a journalist, as a reporter, as somebody who is trying to tell the truth and somebody who is trying to protect the innocent... Well, okay, come after me. I have a gun. Unfortunately, in Israel, I don't. Tell our audience again the, all about the documentary, where they can reach it, and where they can reach you, and how they could see it. Well, about the documentary, uh, I did, I, as I told you at the beginning of this interview, my guts were telling me that Shirin Abu Akhle, the Al Jazeera journalist who, who was killed in Jenin in May of this year, uh, for which death uh, the Israeli army was accused 
my guts were telling me that it was not the case. And, you know, first of all, the Palestinian Authority refused to give any evidence or to have Israel participate to any forensic uh, research they would make around the case. So if you have something to hide, uh, I guess something is going wrong. Something, if you don't want the other party to participate, maybe you are guilty of something. So that was my, my first gut feeling. And after that, I decided a little later, like in July, to go ahead and conduct my own investigation. I conducted what is called a, a um, uh, sorry, a open source investigation, which is go after every single possible available element on the internet and have it, have it, it double checked by experts and specialists. Then my second uh, task was to go to find those experts and specialists, people who are neutral, uh, I found whoever I wanted in Israel, but I didn't want to have Israelis involved because I wanted the documentary to remain as neutral as possible to show the real facts. So I found American people and French people. And the most important part of it is that there was one professor of university in Montana whose name is Professor Maher. And I realized that CNN, which is very biased, and uh, Bellingcat, which is very anti-Israel, and the Washington Post, which is very anti-Semitic, all those media, uh, and especially CNN, went to talk to Professor Maher, and they sent him all the tapes we could find. This is open source. Uh, all the videotapes and asked him, listen, to the sound of the bullets, uh, can you tell us what was the distance between the son between the, the bullet and, and the journalist was killed. And Professor Maher sent them some answers. And after receiving the answers, they lied. Why did they lie? Because Professor Maher told them the distance I can calculate is from the sound taker and the, and the shooter, but not from the journalist and the shooter. So they use this answer to declare that actually Israel shot, we could prove that Israel shot the journalist, but this, the distance was not right because there was a, a distance of 30 meters, uh, of, you know, uh, 10 feet. There was 10 feet between the journalist and the sound taker. So already just right there with this lie, they could already say something which was going against Israel and pretend they got it from an expert. But I was able to get the same report from Professor Maher, who is very neutral, very respected, and I look into the details, and immediately it was so obvious to me, they lied. They lied about it. Then I went to see some expert in France uh, about the possibility that a sniper would have killed the journalist. It was impossible because of the... Uh, I'm getting into the details of the film. I was going to say, we are running out of time. The documentary... The documentary is Lies and Tears. Uh, Pierre Anov, award-winning documentary filmmaker and author. Thank you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot. My pleasure. Anytime.
Welcome back to the Jewess Patriot. Joining us now is someone who I consider to be another Jewess Patriot, a woman of pride and a woman with a voice and talent that many of you know through her many works. She is an award-winning model and producer. She works both in front of the camera and behind an actor, actress, and she also is very concerned about anti-Semitism. Miratsura, welcome to the Jewess Patriot. Hi. Hi, Cindy. Thank you so much for having me on. And um, I'm looking forward. So today's show is featuring people involved in the arts, in the media, and the discussion of anti-Semitism. And I think that a lot of people have... uh, one view of fighting anti-Semitism, and I've been pretty involved in saying that we have to fight anti-Semitism in a very different way than what we're doing now, because we are making ourselves victims, and we are actually promoting anti-Semites more than uh, actually fighting the crisis with action. Tell me your thoughts on anti-Semitism, being someone born in Israel and living in America. Okay, well, um, as we discussed earlier, I think that everything we do, is, we give the stage is the power of intentions, right? So like when you resist, it persists. If we talk about anti-Semitism and we keep playing the victim, obviously we will uh, expand this subject and beca- it'll become bigger than it is. There's many uh, diversity groups and um, minorities that through, especially the last two years, been so elevated um, and hated by society just because we gave a stage, whether whether it was, uh, you know, we starting with China, the LGBT group, the, you know, the Blacks, there's just, and then the Jews, of course. Um, I try not to focus on that. Personally, I am from Israel. I've been here for, I want to say 30 years. A long time, a long time. Yeah, a long time. And um, I... Yes, it's existing. Of course, I feel it. But do I give it a stage in my life? No. Like if there's an obstacle, I move it aside and I move on. I could focus on that and um, gear my work towards it, but I just chose not to. So, And that's why I love your, your social media. Your Instagram, you have almost 300,000 followers. And you know what I don't see on it? Every single day, the repost from everybody, a Jewish influencer. You're actually featuring your work and you seem to be busier than ever. Tell us a little bit about what you are doing. I mean, you are um, working on a new film, I believe, and you have a best-selling book. Tell us a little bit about it. Thank you so much. And I just want to mention that um, it's not exactly like that because in the past I was more um, active on Twitter and uh, Facebook but I felt that whenever I expressed my uh, political opinions or my actually just view, you know, personal views on life, I've been so getting into a controversy with people and fighting. And it was just not for me. This is not why I want to do social media. Social media is socially, um, it's a platform to socialize with people and not to create more controversy. And then, the of same- course, I shadow ban us if we want to talk about a serious topic because I see right. even my... Instagram and Facebook today, I know people say they see it and I just don't see it. You know, whatever I post and my Twitter was uh, hacked, my hit, it suddenly vanished and uh, I get it. So 
It's so important. Right. And if I can't be authentic and real about my opinions, then it's not worth for me to be there. And that's why I kind of shied away from it and focus on my work, on the things that I actually more physical and visual. And if you notice my Instagram, So I don't let it um, stop me with my opinions and my authenticity. I'll speak my voice. But if I feel that it gets into too much controversy and I'm I'm going to the corner to just like fight with people, individuals that really small people that have no consequences on an um, um, that anonymous, right? And they can actually fight with you over social media. I, I just have no interest in that. So I let go of Twitter and Facebook and I'm really focusing on Instagram because I feel that it's more uh, physical and visual and representing my work. My work is starting with production company. Uh, you know, my production company was- um, Which is One Circle Productions, we should say. One Circle Productions, and it was doing a lot more theaters through the years, but ever since COVID, we I kind of shied away from that and did more movies. Um, everything that I do has to have a social responsibility and, and a story that's worth telling. Um, I'm myself a trained actor, and I would love to do more acting, especially in Israel, and I started um, that direction actually this year. I did my first movie there, so we'll see what happened. I, we just shot in Sri Lanka. Um, which I'll tell you in, in, in a bit, but um, it, generally in Instagram, it's my life. I don't really sell one product. It's just um, I'm an ambassador to several uh, s- several companies, uh, branding um, companies, and then I'm also um, the author of One Circle. Uh, I'm sorry, of uh, Anonymously Famous. Which can we pause? <clears throat> <clears throat> My Instagram doesn't really sell product. It's uh, representing me as a public figure, as an individual that is involved in all kinds of things that through the years made me who I am. So whether it's me writing the book Anonymously Famous and being the author of it, which is a product of 20-something years in the business, um, whether it's my production company, One Circle Productions, that produce different uh, content of movies, documentaries, short films, theater pieces, and stories worth telling. Um, whether it's me being an ambassador for, um, right now, Pifoco, right, which I'm really uh, excited about. It's a, it's a sneakers brand uh, from Italy that is very special. Um, or other companies that you can obviously see on my Instagram. So to go ahead and, and really um become more political on this platform doesn't have no it's not productive to me it really we see isn't. you're everywhere you just were at, at basel you've been in the hamptons you're in california like you said you're traveling the world which is great because you represent the best of jewish women you represent the best for uh women entrepreneurs and you use your voice wisely and you use your talents in many different ways, which is what we love to promote at the Jewess Patriot. And you don't make yourself the victim. And I try not to make myself the victim. Sharing facts is not being a victim. Crying day and night about it and doing nothing about it and sitting home is a victim. And you're far from that. Tell us where we can find you. Like you said, you have your Instagram account and where we can buy your book. 
Uh, I'm sure my audience will love to learn more about you. Um, well, the book is on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all the other stores. Uh, I think Walmart and like all the major stores, uh, retail stores. But um, it really is an inspiring book, and it's a community guide uh, for the business of commercial print, lifestyle modeling, entertaining, entertainment, uh, acting, and everything you need to know about you becoming the product. Um, so, so that you can work with the Fortune 500 companies and. Um, be basically a model of example on any given age. Um, other than that, I mean, my Instagram is really my, I would want to say my main prop platform only because it gives me a, um, an easy way to promote other things. But um, other than that, it's all my websites through the, that link. As far as socially, yes, I am a social butterfly and I love my uh, social network. I think that... Um, I don't want to flatter myself. I was special about the way life evolves around me is um, that I connect circles. I have a lot of different circles from the different careers that I've passed since coming here from Israel many years ago. And I tend to merge them all through the years. So it's not like I lose, I lose the world of dancing or the world of acting or producing or the fashion world i connect all of it and you know as you get older it's just emerge uh, organically it's called experience it. brings you know it's like the fine wine it becomes greater with age you know we have more wisdom we're wiser we make better decisions so. we learn from experience and uh you are an inspiration to all of us and you brought up some in our brief time together, some very inspiring words of hope, which is something that is really good for the end of the year and really good for New Year's resolutions. Mirat Sura, thank you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot. Thank you so much. Pleasure. To the Jewess Patriot. Joining us now is a personal friend of mine and a familiar face for anybody who is involved in the media or Jewish Republican politics or anything that's trending. And because this is the holiday season, we're going to start with all the fun festivities that he is partaking in. Adam Weiss, thanks so much for joining the Jewess Patriot and this month, we're featuring everything holiday-oriented. You don't have to be Jewish with Cindy, and you don't have to be Jewish with Adam, because Adam is at every party, Hanukkah, Christmas, and he's actually uh, taping with us from Art Basel in Miami, which is the biggest event, pre-holiday events. Tell us what's going on in Miami and the partying scene. Are people enjoying the holiday season? Thanks for having me. I, I mean, I don't discriminate when it comes to parties. So whether it's Democrat, Republican. This meeting is being recorded. I don't go. I don't discriminate. I don't discriminate when it comes to parties. We doesn't matter what side of the aisle or 
what denomination you are. I'm down here in Miami, which is, you know, I think one of the biggest events that happens in America all year for art lovers. But now since, you know, the crypto space and the, you know, Web3 space has gotten so tremendous, there's a mixture of that. Those events combined with art events, combined with fashion events, and right up the block from me last night, it was a $300 million, 300-foot uh, yacht with one celebrity after another, Leo and Tobey Maguire and Serena Williams and and on and on and on. to And that, and that party started at 1 a.m. So, you know, that's just a taste of all day long this one event after another in, in Miami Beach and other parts of Miami, Wynwood, the design district, North Miami. And it just brings a, you know, the big crowd of luminaries from the art world, fashion, uh, celebrity. I was going to say, it's much more now than it's, just art. It's food. And, and it's, it's fit, there's business too, because where, you know, high level, high end art is, is a great investment if you know what you're doing. So it brings in a family office and investment crowd and they do conferences too to early in the week. So that's where I am. It's coming to an end. It started on Monday and I'm luckily I'm still up at, you know, seven in the morning. Well, because you're always working. Adam is the go-to to know what is happening around the country, but you bring up a great point. Business, culture, fun, festivities, fashion, is alive and well in Florida. And if you ask so many people who are in New York and you have many friends there, we're all talking about the lack of festivities. Yes, you see the big uh, TV shows with the Rockefeller Center uh, tree and some of the other big trees. But overall, business in New York is so dismal and the safety issues are so uh, high on the list of people not to make parties. And of course, the rats don't help either. They're the unwanted guest at every restaurant and every party at a restaurant. So it really talks about where the state of our country is right now. I, you know, I tend to disagree a little bit. New York was pumping. I mean, the for the economic, you know, activity, the event activity, which you know I focus on too, going out at night. There was so many I couldn't keep over to New York City. Yes, but the the real other fact is that's you know hurting New York is every two feet, every block, there's a mentally ill person homeless person on the street just bothering someone or causing chaos or doing something, some vandalism or, you know, scaring somebody out of their wits. So that's the real problem in New York City. If you can't walk the street and feel safe, it's just going to hurt a society, it's hurt the city. But as far as the action, there was a lot of action after the summer in New York City. It was going. But, you know, if they don't fix that, people are going to leave. People are going to get scared and they're just going to move to safer, safer states and safer streets, you know, for families and kids and the woke and the stuff they teach in school. A lot of parents are just, you know, really uh, against that. So that's another fact that I might let them leave to, you know, green uh, red estates that don't force these ideological, you know, nightmares through. And the, they don't. Per- right. And people want it quality education, whether it's uh Republicans or Democrats, whether it's public, private, or homeschooling, they want their kids to feel safe and that they're learning the basics of reading and writing and math. Let's get on to another topic. Uh, Of course, we have to talk about you are a proud Jewish Republican, and anybody who knows Adam knows he, for years, was at the front 
of every Trump event with everybody tied to Trump. And of course, we know there are some headlines going on as we speak regarding uh, anti-Semitism and Trump. And I just wanted your take on what is going on, because I don't think Trump is an anti-Semite. I just think things are being handled wrong for this 2024 campaign. What are your thoughts? My thoughts, I don't think there's just no way that a the guy who grew up, you know, his father was a major developer in Queens. He established, Trump established himself in Manhattan. And if you do that much business in Manhattan, you tend to have a good, good portion of your friends, colleagues, business associates, it's going to be Jewish, right? So there's no way Trump with that personality, megaphone, celebrity, larger than life figure is anti-Semitic. Does he sometimes step his foot in his mouth because he gives celebrities a second chance and he likes to be around celebrities. Yes. It's a, you know, it's a, it's what made Trump Trump, right? He's a celebrity himself. And then he hung around celebrities and they all loved him before he was president. I mean, it didn't matter. The rappers liked him. The, the movie stars liked him. The comedians liked him. They all loved him before he decided to, Hey, I'm going to run for president as a conservative Republican. Oh, we went to your birthday last year. Not this year. We don't like, we went to your uh, holiday party. No, no more to Mr. Trump. We don't like you anymore. So that's just turned the table. As far as the incident last week inviting Kanye to dinner, Kanye's really a suspect. He should be seeing some side, some. He needs some help. He needs to, he needs to back off all these interviews and just really get some help. And people need to intervene here. To, but and Trump shouldn't have dinner with him. I don't I care if Trump's just. I'm, I want to do him a favor and I want to meet him because I feel bad for him. You don't meet with your supporters because you feel bad for them. The thousands of people that love you, the people that donate to you, what do you feel obligated to meet with Kanye's to get the news cycle? The news cycle is going to be horrible. Then on top of that, you don't check who he's walking in with. That's that's a little bit amateur for president, ex-president of the United States who's announced his presidency. It's really amateur. You got to get better people. Somebody should maybe even get whacked, you know, fired for that, you know, So I've been discussing this too, uh, the idea, because you and I both know when we go to events, all the uh, information we have to give for the Secret Service to clear us. And you've been to every kind of event that Trump has had in the past uh, few years, and you are friends with uh, members of the Trump family. So, I mean, you understand exactly what you go through in order to see Trump. You can't walk through that rope without, you can't walk through a dinner rope and just casually sit down with him, you know, and Kanye just came and who, who's the grown up in the room that says, wait, who are you walking in with Kanye? Okay. Quick background. Let me know who they are. Quick fire. Okay. Mr. President, no way you sit with them, have them take their car and go outside while you sit with Kanye. Simple, right? So let me ask you something else, because I always tell you, you know, Adam, come for a nice Shabbos dinner, get away from the scene. I honestly think that what Kanye really needs is to sit down at a nice Jewish meal and take a Shabbos away from all the electronics and actually place his hatred where it really lies. And that is with the Kardashian family who have really uh, blown him off. And I, you know who has remained really silent on this? Scott Disick, the Jewish member of the Kardashians and the father of the grandchildren of Kris Jenner and the niece and nephew of Kim. I would love to hear from him or even Jonathan Chibon, who I believe you're friends with and know. I mean, 
throughout the years, we've heard all the Jewish pride they have on the show and even episodes with Kanye. They should be out there at the forefront of this trying to get Kanye help and put the blame where it is in his anger and his divorce and not on Jewish people he has never met. Yeah, it's a shame. He's just a little off the rails right now. And I don't think that he's too radioactive. Even the family's not going to touch him and go to bat for him, which is a sad thing. They should be intervening and trying to get him help here. He's just running around with shady right-wing characters that are exploiting him for their own cause. And it's just a mess right now. I don't know if there's going to be able to, I don't know how there's a crisis and experts like we are, how he's going to fix this damage he's causing. So what are some of the upcoming projects that you are working on? Because you at the forefront of everything, whether or not it's a fashion party, an art party, a new book release, what's going on. And, uh, what what do you predict for 2023? Uh, I hope we have a good Congress that can force some of these Biden administration's policies and put a halt to it and, you know, look into some of this, you know, activity that him and his family did, all the money they made from China and all the other. I hope that's one thing we can get out and hope the media does their job once in a while. But I'm very doubtful I do that. As far as AMWPR, we're working on you know we've just signed up the country of poland so we're doing crisis communications for them and we're doing some uh outreach for their country so and locally in new york and other areas so that's one of the major projects important so uh, well you're talking to somebody who has roots in poland so i'm sure we could talk about a lot together adam weiss thank you for joining the jewess patriot happy holidays happy hanukkah and you don't have to be jewish with cindy and Obviously, you don't have to be Jewish with Adam to uh, discuss anything that is making headlines or trending in culture and arts. Thanks so much for joining us this holiday season, and I look forward to speaking to you before 2023. Thank you. Hey, it's Drew Shelton from the Kel Co. Morning Show right here on the Real Talk Radio Network, 93.3, the voice of freedom. You are listening to the Jewish patriot, Cindy Gross. Of course, her show airing every Sunday, 4 p.m. right here on the Real Talk Radio Network. However, every Tuesday, Cindy joins the Kel Co. Morning Show at 7.30. So you can always get uh, latest news and notes from Cindy on Tuesdays at 7.30. So without further ado, I get give you Miss Cindy Gross, the Jewish Patriots. Real Talk Radio Network, it is the Kel Co. Morning Show, 706 in St. Louis. My name is Drew Shelton, Dan Strauss behind the board, and Kel Brazil uh, here as well. And on the phone joining us is the Jewish Patriot, that is Cindy Gross. Cindy, good morning, happy Tuesday. Good morning. I thought I lost you guys, but then I don't want to lose you. I found you this year, and I hope we're going to keep together for many years to come. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, we, have, we are on a journey together to, to right this ship, if you will. So uh, we, are, we are a great team, and we're so glad you're a part of the Real Talk Radio Network. And, you know, we were talking yesterday in prep for this interview, and as we end, you know, 2022 and look to 2023, but there's a topic out there right now uh, about streaming or screaming. You know, how real... Uh, housewives are being ignored. So I just want to bring that topic to the table and, and let you elaborate on that. You know, what are your thoughts and what do you know? So um, this past weekend, the New York Post, page six, had an article about Lizzie Savetsky, 
the Orthodox Jewish girl who was supposed to uh, join the housewives. And it happens to be coincidentally, I'm not trying to, you know, pat myself on the back, but the reality is the very first conversation that uh, Lizzie's name came up to Bravo was through me in 2018 at a fashion show. Anyway, to make a long story short, she left because she is claiming that uh, Bravo has treated her unfairly. There was some kind of an attempt of a twist in a script, and it was partly anti-Semitic, and uh, she's saying Bravo's not standing with her. Now, last August, I actually wrote an article, and I've been very vocal. I mean, I love The Housewives. I don't like it so much anymore. I think, you know, like everything else, it, it's a fad, and it comes and goes. Gunsmoke didn't last forever. Friends didn't, and now the Bravo TV has to go. But the reality is, when you put on Bravo on demand, the very first thing you see is a commercial until black lives matter, then all lives don't matter. And the fact of the matter is that these places are woke. And influences like Lizzie, because we talk about anti-Semitism, or anybody else, uh, look what happened to the Trump uh, people you know, that supported President Trump. They seem to have vanished from the the uh, Bravo Network, etc. And I know many people there that cannot talk about their support of President Trump because they fear being harassed. But we have to really think about what we're looking at towards entertainment, what is real and what is not. And also, there are many people on the right who feel that they are important. I just had a phone call yesterday. Why won't I Facebook somebody? They want to follow everything I do and go. They rely on Facebook for information, but they give out the wrong information. People, this is not a way we are going to win our conservative values. There are too many people out there, even on the right, that don't understand how this tool of social media or on-demand entertainment is hurtful. You're not fighting hate because all lives matter. And that is the key to this. If we discriminate against one group, we're going to discriminate against others. And we see this happening. And, of course, we keep seeing this happening, I'll just say, because we keep hearing it's the right that is causing all these uh, attacks on gays, on Jews, on Asians. But it's not the right at all when bombs in the bomb. This is Cindy Gross, the Jewess Patriot. I look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for watching The Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross. Be sure to download Cindy's next program, as well as previous ones, available internationally on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and in Israel on Jewish Podcasts. See you next time on The Jewish Patriot Show.